You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Kentucky. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Locked On Kentucky is brought to you locally by Buffalo Trace Distillery offering six unique complimentary tours seven days a week year-round. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and get 10% off at the gift shop. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the SEC tournament, of course. Uh, there was something interesting that came out of uh, spring football the other day that I think is worth mentioning, and we'll get around to talking about that as well. But uh, the coronavirus is real, and it is a real threat out there. Whether you believe that it's serious or not, whether you think uh, that uh, people are overreacting or you are taking it serious, it doesn't matter. It's going to shake up your life. Yes, things are happening whether you like it or not. And the most recent thing uh, that has happened came on uh, Tuesday uh, that will affect possibly you out there listening is that Vanderbilt uh, canceled classes for the rest of this week based on information received on March 9th is what they said. Uh, What that turned out to be is a student uh, has a confirmed case. I think maybe two students. They had a group of a bunch of students overseas uh, one was, I think, in Barcelona. The other one, I'm not, I can't remember. Um, but the, I guess the like editorial director of the student newspaper is the confirmed case. It was in wow. Barcelona, uh, and so he gave an interview, obviously, to the paper. Um, and he said there might have been as many as 50 other students that were on that trip, and most of them, or many of them, returned back to Vanderbilt. He went back home to New York to his parents because he was sick uh, on the mm. way back. Um, so, uh, there might be more people in Nashville, uh, out among the folks there, uh, spreading the coronavirus. So yeah, that, that was big. There was a few things that was the, like the, like locally specific thing that has gotten people's attention because obviously the SEC tournament is in Nashville. I mean, it's right down the Just road from Vanderbilt. Away from I Vanderbilt mean, campus, I'm staying yeah. at the, I'm staying at the Vanderbilt. I, one of the Mary or the Hilton uh, properties near Vanderbilt's campus. I yeah, I am also staying at a hotel on Vanderbilt's campus. Yes. You're at the Lowe's Vanderbilt, aren't you? Fancy yes. pants. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you know it's something you think about, and just the general climate in the last few days, really last couple days, and today in particular in sports has rapidly accelerated in intensity. Uh, I think all the major uh, pro sports put out a joint statement that they are closing down uh, locker room access for the media, which is not a thing that happens a lot in colleges, but it actually does start this week, at usually at the SEC tournament and through the whole postseason. There are mandatory open locker rooms for interviews. Yeah. And those all, we, you know, we talk about that all, all the time. Those are always the best stories that get written and, ta- and shown on TV because – we see these guys in a different environment than a couple selected guys for a few minutes sitting at a podium right? that we have all season. But in the pro sports, that's that's their lifeblood. People that cover the, the media that cover those teams, they get them like 
at shoot around and then they get open locker rooms after games, open clubhouses and baseball before and after games. Right. Um, and that's done for, you know, I think an indeterminate amount of time. Um, to limit contact, which, uh, you know, I have no issue with that at all. I, I'm not going to complain about my media access when there's a global pandemic. Um, but the silly part about that is like, then why have people at your games? You know, you, you're going right. to limit, con- they're still going to do interviews. They're going to hold reporters eight feet back, six to eight feet back from the athletes outside the locker room. I don't know how much good that does. Uh, I don't know how much good fist bumps do when they're like, sweating all over each other uh, during games. And I don't know how much good it all does when you then invite 20,000 people into the arena to pack in next to each other. Um, and well, so, I had seen that the SEC said that they're going to disinfect the basketballs. So, if, <laughs> like, I, I just heard this. I don't, I don't know if it's true. So my, someone told me this. But if, <laughs> if it is true that you disinfect the basketballs, I mean, which is fine, but – that does nothing to protect two dudes who are going up against each other, sweating profusely right. and making bodily contact. Nor does it help the twenty thousand fans. No, uh, so they disinfecting the basketball is like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. They, I mean, they, these are like you know, uh, you just got uh, whacked by a machete. Uh, here <laughs> is a uh, pimple, ba- pimple-sized bandage <laughs> to put on it. Uh, just stick that in the wound. Uh, this is the memo they put out. Uh, additional hand sanitizers will be present at arena entrances and throughout the concourse and in meeting rooms. Use of hospital-grade disinfectant to sanitize locker rooms before team's arrival and upon departure. Sanitization of game balls with hospital-grade yeah. disinfectant after each practice and game. Sanitization of team benches plus band and cheerleader seating areas following each game. Hand sanitizers, disinfectant wipes, and Lysol spray in the locker rooms. Hand sanitizers at the scorer's table and in official locker rooms and operators, uh, operations offices. And signage throughout the concourse to provide CDC preventative action recommendations. Sounds like we'll all be just fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the thing... Doesn't prevent someone who has been exposed from being just. You have no idea who that person is. No, and no, and, and I just I don't. I think we're hurtling towards empty arenas in many, many, many sports. Whether you agree with it or not, and I don't know whether I agree with it or not. I don't know if it'll do any good or not. Uh, seems like doctors are saying slamming twenty thousand people in a in a small area is a bad idea with this virus. Um, now, look, most of us that will get it. Nothing will happen to us. But if you're elderly, I think it's like a 15% death rate right now for mm, people over yeah. 80. If you have a immune uh, immunocompromised system, which you could have for a number of reasons, other illnesses. Some people just have, uh, you know, weakened immune systems. If you've gone through chemo and things like that, you've, you're susceptible. And those people, it can kill. Um, and so, okay, it's mostly younger healthy people not a lot of 80 plus and sick people in at basketball games but you're going home to them and back to communities with them yeah you're going to visit grandma um so i'm you know the, the way things have gone in the last couple of days i'm not sure we're not maybe it won't happen by the end of this week in nashville but i'm not sure that you know and the ncaa has said they plan to go on with fans in the stadium in the arenas for the tournament 
But I'm not sure that they I – don't, I don't think they can say that for sure because this thing keeps evolving like daily. It does. Um, there yeah. was a uh, – well, Let's a, take a break and we'll talk more about it. Let's, let's okay. do that first. But uh, I just want to let you know to be sure to uh, follow both uh, Kyle and myself uh, during the SEC tournament and during this week. Uh, of course, you can read Kyle's work on theathletic.com and then I'll have coverage on Fox 56 and then obviously – the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I also want to tell you, if your business is looking to reach men ages 18 to 44, then Locked On Kentucky is where you want to be. 98% of our listeners are men. 80% between ages 18 and 44. Let us help bring them to you. Our rates are very reasonable. Email me at LockedOnKY at gmail.com so we can get started on helping grow your business. That's LockedOnKY at gmail.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. We're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and we were talking about the coronavirus and its effect on sports. And as of yet, the SEC tournament, everything is still a go. But, uh, you know, that news with Vanderbilt shutting down classes for the rest of the week. And then I've heard uh, that there's a possibility that it's being floated around out there that just in Fayette County, in Lexington, Fayette County Public Schools, that they may, they are considering possibly closing school through spring break and spring break is still a few weeks away so it would be like uh three weeks without school spring break and then two other weeks without school if if uh, kids finished classes this week Uh, that is a huge (laughs) huge impact on parents who work uh it would be i I don't know Um, i think most employers rumor by the way that is a rumor i think most employers that can uh are going to start you know, letting people work from home or, you know, they're going to have, I mean, there's going to be major adjustments. The other thing, more sports focused that happened just in the last few hours, I think, a couple hours, that is huge as we hurdle towards these basketball tournaments is in Santa Clara County uh, in California. Right. They have banned large gatherings, over 1,000 people. Uh, and that includes where the San Jose Sharks play, and they have now canceled games. Um, really? They have. Let me. I'm. I'm canceled actual here. games. Um. Yeah. Hang on, just a second. All events at the SAP Center have been canceled for the month of March, including three San Jose Sharks games and five nights of Cirque du Soleil. The San the Mercury News in San Jose reports. Um. Santa Clara's public health, they had a death from the coronavirus. Santa Clara's public health officer said Monday night the tipping point in deciding to ban ban mass gatherings was data showing community transmission of coronavirus. To date, there are 43 confirmed cases in the county and one death. Um, So the Sharks will likely not be playing home games in front of fans in the immediate future. Uh, Yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like I said, it's – People that are like, ah, I mean, I was texting with some friends and stuff three days ago. You know, you think the SEC tournament will be played in an empty arena? Oh, no chance. I mean, I don't think right. anybody can say no chance to anything right now. Not now. Because no. it's changing, like, every couple hours um, it is changing. And, and I know um, – And it's so hard for administrators uh, and officials in these capacities to say no to money. Very difficult yeah. to get them to say no – to accepting money. Yes. Uh, but it's also difficult to think you might be putting lives at yeah. risk. Um, yeah. 
So what if that SEC tournament, uh, <laughs> yeah, spreads the virus even further? Uh, I don't know. The one thing about the SEC tournament um, that I uh, I think I don't know. My my theory would be that uh, it's not quite an international event. Uh, like you're talking about people from uh, coming around from uh, you know different parts of the southeast, but mostly from Kentucky. I mean, they make up a huge portion of that those crowds. Uh, but when you're talking about people, you know, elderly people that are there, or people in their 60s and 70s uh, that are there, there's plenty of people in their 60s and 70s that go to the SEC tournament. Um, also, uh, a lot of the people that go to the SEC tournament um, from from different areas in the state may not uh, have have been um, or, or, or more unlikely, I would say, to be exposed. Like, okay, so we had that first case in Kentucky in Harrison County. Like, Cynthia is not an international city, so you don't think of that there. Uh, Louisville, Jefferson County is another place where we've had a case, and in two cases in in Lexington. Lexington and Louisville, you would you would understand, but like in eastern Kentucky, maybe, or uh, just different parts of rural Kentucky where there's not a lot of travel in and out of those uh, those places. Um, that's a plus. That's all I'm saying. That's a positive. <laughs> yeah, but the 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 counter argument to that is why then would you bring people together in a place that has it in mm. close proximity and then send them back to all their small towns that right. they that didn't have exposure to it i mean yeah. this is how it spreads i mean that's that's the theory with that so i don't know man i don't know what the right answer is i'm not trying to be an alarmist and i'm also not trying to dismiss it because i i think it, the truth is somewhere in the middle you know it does seem right now like if you're relatively young and healthy you're fine but like Okay, that does. I'm not just going to throw away <laughs> the population that's at risk uh, because I'm not in it. So um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the right answer is. I think a lot of people are struggling with it. I think everybody's trying to like let the string play out a little longer to get more information. Um, but it does feel like this next month, whether it starts in Nashville or not, is going to get weird when it comes to following, watching, participating in, and covering, in our case, um, sports. I yeah. think I think it's going to get really weird. I think we're going to see some strange things. There's already been a couple, I think, Division III uh, NCAA tournament games played in empty gyms. Um, mm. I don't know. Indian Wells tennis tournament. Canceled, yeah. yeah. It, it apparently drew like 450,000 people over the course of that tournament. It's a huge moneymaker. South by Southwest, a massive music festival is canceled. I mean, there are things that we need to be like taking notice of that are happening around us and not just go, ah, it'll be fine. I mean, all of Italy is now quarantined, the country. Yeah, Macy uh, Morris tweeted tonight, bro, someone <laughs> come and get me out of Italy. She ain't coming out of there. She's not. No. I got bad news for her. She yeah. is not coming back from Italy anytime soon. Yeah, poor girl. They're not going to let her in this country. Uh, I don't think. Well, they've shut down sports over there. Yeah. Yeah. They've shut down all sports. All their, like, you know, they have a high level soccer league, and it's. First time since World War II that it's been shut down. So take it serious, folks. Whether you take the actual virus serious or not, and you should at least wash your freaking hands, take it that serious. But 
take serious that your life is going to be affected. We haven't even mentioned that the stock market plunged 2,000 points today. I think it was the single yeah. bi- sing- biggest single day drop ever. Don't look at your 401k <laughs> <laughs> for your own good. Yeah. Do refinance your house if you can because that might actually be a good time to do that. But that's all the all the advice I got for you. Yeah. Yeah, may have to look into that. It is. It's it's worrisome. I, I'm not. Um, I'm not one to be all panic mode or anything like that. But it is worrisome when I have uh, one friend in Georgia say, "Uh oh, we just got a case here," and I have another friend in North Carolina go, "Uh oh, we just got a case here," and then I see uh, the things that are popping up in Nashville, and then I see the governor. Uh, you know, yesterday morning, and and then Tuesday morning, he's gonna uh, have another. This morning, he's had another. Um, address uh, to the public and I mean and the cruise ships and California I mean it, it's happening it's just uh, the prevention uh, can we can we prevent it and hold it down to a level that's not um, super scary uh, but sports are definitely going to be affected you just keep seeing when you watch ESPN these bottom line updates now they just have a virus you know uh, headline to where yeah. you know it rotates through the NBA the NFL right uh, and then it Virus. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, it, it seems like a lot of people agree that the best way to get a handle on this thing is just to, like, lock everybody down for a couple weeks. And it sucks, and life would grind to a halt, and the economy would take a major hit. But it seems like that, you know, is the way to sort of snuff it out. And it's just going to be about making hard decisions about are we how much are we willing to inconvenience ourselves and, uh, I mean, I think sports are going to be at the top of the list of things that people are going to very grudgingly give up, uh, yeah. even if it means their their health. Well, I mean, there's – it's it's hard to, like – like, as far as the NCAA tournament, March Madness, um, like, you can't, you can't postpone it because uh, those, those places, those arenas have already been, like, reserved. Those places – yeah, if you move it a month later, it would be too hard to coordinate all that again. It's just not. Yeah, it's just not feasible. So, it could be done without the crowds, uh, and your television ratings would be enormous. I mean, they would be the best you've ever had because everybody would be at home. That's true, and and if you're anybody, An advertiser. But, if you're anybody but Kentucky, you love it because yeah. you know Kentucky's got Rupp Great Arena fans. South. Every, I mean. Yeah. Nashville is always a better home environment than Rupp Arena. Yeah, because people hands, are loud. Hands, yeah. hands down, <laughs> the Nashville crowds are better than Rupp Arena crowds. So yeah. that would be a de- that would be a detriment to Kentucky for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Kentucky guys have no idea what it's like to play in an empty gym. However, uh, they have played really well on the road. Kenny Payne said it on the um, John Calipari show Monday night that for whatever reason. Uh, they just do better on the road. He said he couldn't explain it, but they do. And we've talked about that shooting percentage on the road uh, is, is better than it is a Rupp Arena. So, you know, if you look at Nashville as kind of like the road, uh, you know, they'd be in pretty good shape there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would look like. I don't know who would respond to to empty. Empty is different than any other <laughs> option. Uh well, it's not unprecedented. Remember the tornado year? Um, right. Kentucky had to leave the Georgia Dome. The whole SEC tournament left the Georgia Dome and had to play at Georgia Tech's Alexander uh, Memorial Coliseum. 
And I think a few thousand people found their way in. But, oh, my gosh, Kentucky fans were livid. They oh, were sure. so upset over that. And uh, that was Billy Gillespie's uh, first season. And Georgia was dead. Georgia was not making the NCAA tournament. And Georgia had to play twice on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy part. Twice and, in a day. And beat Kentucky uh, in a close game. It was that guy... Uh, Swans, Zach Swansea. Oh my gosh, that dude just was a Kentucky killer. Anyway, um, so uh, that's been what uh, eleven years ago since since that, or twelve years ago now. Uh, so it would be very odd. It would be very very odd to have that. Um, I, I don't know. We would take another break. We'll talk more about. Um, We'll move on from that and talk a little bit about what John Calipari said on Monday when we return here on the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky Podcast, and let's let's move away from the coronavirus now and, and move on to what we heard from John Calipari on Monday. Uh, the biggest thing uh, that we heard was that Emmanuel Quickly uh, maybe needs a rest. Emmanuel quickly maybe doesn't need to practice for a couple days, take off. Said he's, his body is telling him, as Calipari put it, when your body's telling you something, you better listen. Uh, and he, he mentioned a shoulder as well. Back. back. I, don't know, I didn't hear shoulder, but back. He said on the teleconference, SEC teleconference today, his back. Well, he said uh, shoulder on his radio. Okay, show. so maybe Cal. Back, shoulder, know. they're connected. <laughs> I know I know. Hagen's has had both my back neck, and shoulder. My back. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's <laughs> – Beep, beep, beep. Um, yeah, I, I had never heard anything about uh, Manuel quickly having being banged up. So um, that's not like super alarming, but a little um, that he said his body's kind of wearing out on him here. Um, hopefully he listens to Calipari and takes a couple days out of the gym, said that was not something he wanted to do, uh, which is a good thing that he's a worker. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the other one is Ashton Hagen's. Said he hadn't talked to him. Said that this morning, and I guess on the radio show tonight, said he still hadn't talked to him because they didn't, uh, they weren't together t- today as a team. They didn't have practice. And Cal is sick. He called into his uh, t- coach's show for a very short period, and then Kenny Payne took over. Um, and Cal's Cal basically laying in bed all day. He sounded horrible. He yes. he started looking bad on Friday at the game. He was sweating, uh, and then. On both the Dan Patrick show first and then the SEC teleconference um, today, he was just hacking up a lung. I mean, like right in the middle of the, the – <laughs> I have audio I'll have to share with you at some point. We won't play it on here because it's gross. But uh, first question, the the poor moderator is like, we go now to – and he starts saying the name of whoever's going to ask Cal a question, and Cal just is like <laughs> – and he goes, oh, <laughs> like lets out a groan at the end of it. He did that like two or three times. Um, so he does not sound like he's in great shape. Hopefully John Calipari, who is over 60, does not have coronavirus. Um, well, he did mention that this happens to him every year. Yeah. He gets to the end of the season and his body is like, <laughs> we've gone as far as we can go, John. <laughs> yeah. Lay yeah. it down. And it's come on, come on, on him early here this year. So, Which is a thing that has happened to not, not only me, but my wife. We both have noticed when we're busy and we know we've got things we've got to take care of, yep. if you feel just a little bit of a sickness or whatever, you, you get through it and, and you make it. And then after it's over, whatever that busy period is, all of a sudden you're just sick. 
and yeah. you can't go on. Yeah, I have pretty much postseason flu. Basically, yeah, essentially every year. Like so when I finally when I finally stop going, uh, because this is the craziest time of year. If they make a deep run, it's like okay, yeah. especially when they play their last home game on the road. It's like get home Sunday, unpack, do the laundry, pack up, head out on Wednesday or Thursday, go to Nashville for four or five days, get back, pack up. You know, do the laundry, dump it back in the suitcase, go back out on yeah. Wednesday somewhere, and you do that four straight weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I always, as soon as it's over, I like the day or two after is just a complete collapse. So, yeah, I, I know what Cal's talking about, but uh, and yeah, he goes a lot I harder actually, than I do. <laughs> yeah, before I actually did it, I was uh, uh, someone who had gone before – uh, was complaining, and I said, just shut up. You know, I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm back here working, and and you're at the game, so I don't want to hear it. And then I went, and I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it's not to complain about going and covering games, but it's not uh, it's not all glitz and glamour. Uh, we were talking about, um, you know, Manuel quickly, and then with, with Hagens, he said that, uh, what did he use, reboot? Was that the word he yeah, used? Yeah, he said. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he said on the radio show, but he but um, he said my hope is we'll talk today or tomorrow. This is on the SEC teleconference, and I think he'll be fine. Whether I start him or not, I don't know. We've got practice days, and we'll see how he is. I just want him to be healthy and in a great frame of of mind. And he went on another sort of tangent about all the pressure these guys are under, and mm-hmm. they they're grown. They feel like they're grown men at eighteen or nineteen with the weight of the world on them. Um, and he said, now you've got, yeah, it was reboot. He said, now you've got to clear your mind, man, reboot, let's go. Take responsibility, do what you got to do for the team. If you don't have it going, we go with somebody else. That's what I've told everybody, the way we've been able to do this this year. We don't really know who's going to be that guy, but when the game ends up getting going, we see it's him, we'll, let, well let's let him go, or yeah. let's go to him. Uh, so he, he keeps making that point. And so that also makes me feel, I think we mentioned this, you know, may, you know, did Hagen's feel like this was his team and, and start to feel like that was slipping away when they're promoting picnic and pick quick and all that kind of stuff? It, it leads me to believe there's at least something to that because Cal's talking points for about a week and a half now have been about how they don't have a go-to guy. It's just on, you know, who's hot, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, the team just all gets behind that guy. Um, he's been saying that a lot. Um, yeah. And now he keeps saying it in reference to Ashton Hagen. So, anyway, it, it's reboot is the word. I think they hope they hope they can reboot him and and yeah. he's maybe refresh now and they can just he can be off and running again. I mean, if he's the guy that they had for I don't know what sixteen eighteen games mm-hmm. um, when Cal was like unabashedly saying he thought he had the best point guard in the country, right? Then you know then they're golden. Well, and on his radio show, he said that um, it was humbling for for Ashton that the team won without him. You know, oh, that, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, he mentioned that he's you know taking some mental breaks here, mental time. But uh, it was also humbling for him to to watch and see his team win without him, uh, which which is understandable there. Uh, so we'll see how it, it it works out. I mean, that's still not a that's still a question that hasn't been answered. Um, just how he responds and how he comes back. Uh, but the football player that I had mentioned, uh, what had come interesting that had come out of uh, spring football practice, was Terry Wilson. When he was speaking with the media on Saturday, which, you know, 
the football, spring football stuff, because it coincides with this, it just gets buried. It has to be really big to really even peek its head up into the <laughs> into what's covered and what's put out there. Uh, but Or you have to really go and look for it. But, I mean, Terry Wilson said it was really hard for him to get over being injured and being out for the season and that he didn't want to go to rehab and took days off and got behind in his rehab and took time to get away, wanted to be away. And he said the best thing for me was to refresh my mind. And then he said, so how long did this go on? Well, he said the bowl game, he felt like a different person ready to get his leg back to to 100%, and he's still working to get his quad strength back. But, I mean, he made it sound like it was the bowl game that gave him – it wasn't until then that he got that, like, fresh perspective on it that gave him the motivation to get back. It was like he was slacking off on it, and it was hard for him to deal with, uh, which is understandable, but uh, most of the time – we have an injury like this, you know, you as a team, um, you want that guy to go ahead and and hit it hard, you know, in the rehab so that he can get back as soon as possible. Uh, and and for Terry, you talk about pressures and all that stuff, he, he said to refresh his mind. It's kind of <laughs> like what, you know, Ashton has, to refresh yeah. his mind for a few days. If you've ever had a major illness or especially, especially if you've had a um, – major injury that requires surgery and then some grueling form of rehabilitation. And that happens for people that even that aren't athletes, yeah. if you tear a knee or I've blown out my elbow and had to have it completely reconstructed. And, uh, it is, is that softball there, pitching and softball. No, no oh, okay. sledding <laughs> sledding. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. We, we used to live in Blacksburg, Virginia behind a big hill uh in front of a big hill and we had two feet of snow one year and right before i came here actually the year before i moved here and this steep hill the kids had like packed it down and they built a a, like snow lump of a ramp at the bottom and they were going down on those metal discs oh yeah and you could go it felt like 50 miles an hour on those things so we spent the whole day going down that uh jumping off with the kids and uh like the last i was like i'm gonna go one more time the famous last words and got <laughs> way up in the air on one of those metal discs. And I had gotten a few months earlier, I'd gotten rear ended by a drunk driver and like totally jacked my back up. Mm. Also put me in physical therapy. And I just had this panic in the air that I was going to land and it was going to hurt my back. And so I put my hand out and my whole Ugh. body came down on my right arm. Oh no. And my elbow dislocated out through the ligaments, <laughs> tendons, whatever tore everything uh yeah it was ugly it was really really ugly sounded like oh a, my god sounded like a gunshot when my arm popped out <laughs> um but if you've ever if you've ever been through like rehab for something like that there's a right m- there's a huge mental part of it yeah i mean i was like really depressed for a while i couldn't use my arm right you know i couldn't do it, it was my right my dominant arm uh you know i think everybody that's gone through that knows about the like the mental hurdle of just like yeah. gosh I'm never going to be normal again and this everything I do hurts um and it's so and, and I'm not grind. trying to be and I'm not trying to be any kind of athlete much less an elite athlete like I wasn't yeah. even trying to get back to play church league softball like I just wanted to be able to brush my teeth yeah. uh and Terry's trying to be 
you know, a guy who can lead a team to an SEC championship as right. a dual threat quarterback who relies a great deal on his, you know, mobility and explosiveness and speed. And I would imagine there's a ton of self doubt and just like, man, do I even want to go through all this? Right. Uh, within, with no guarantee of how you're going to f- be and feel at the end of it. So I get that and good for him for realizing it. And I think we said this yesterday, like I hope more athletes just talk openly about their mental health. Not like I'm losing my mind, but like, <laughs> you know, that just like yeah. acknowledge, like especially high profile ones for, for the younger ones coming behind them. To hear people say, like, I'm struggling and I need to, like, I got to yeah. get some help. Or well, I got to just take a break. Make people aware. You know? Make people aware of it. Make those fans, the ones that are nasty, uh, make them aware. Hey, look, you're not helping. Yeah. This affects us. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, of we're course already the dan- dealing with enough without you. Of course, the danger is, like, the nastiest among them will take that and use and weaponize it. Like, ah, you're right. soft. I knew it. Yeah. But I hope athletes won't listen to that because there's right. not a – not a damn thing wrong with saying I'm not okay. Right. And lastly on Terry Wilson, August 30th is the due date for his baby. Or, in you know, the his child. He's, he's, all, he's rehabbing and, and giving he's birth. Pregnant. And he's pregnant. <laughs> Big news. <laughs> Buried the lead, Dan. <laughs> uh, but uh, he said he is, he is locked in. So good news for, for him. Uh, August 30th, I mean, that is like – Game day, right? Um, yeah, yeah. September first, September second, right, right in there. I mean, just go ahead and get geared up for the uh, the weeks long debate about whether Terry Wilson should miss the birth of his child to play in the, <laughs> to play to play in the opener against two. Who are they? I don't playing? even. I honestly, Eastern Michigan yeah. and Ypsilanti. Are yeah. they going up there? Yeah, I thought no, they bought that game yeah, out. They, they bought that out, but. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, remember. It'll, somebody will say something about that at, at some point if his if his right. kid doesn't come early. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what if he's born? What if his due date is during the Florida game? What are we going to do then? <laughs> you cannot miss the Florida game, Terry. <laughs> For the birth of your child? I selfish. Think, selfish. I they'd be petitioning the NCAA to let uh, Joe Kraft uh, land on land, do the flyover, and just para- parachute Terry out into the field before the game. Oh, that would be that would be awesome. All right, well, uh, we're slap stop. happy. Yeah, we're, we should close this out. I'm going to go stock up on uh, cocaine and bleach to avoid the coronavirus. And uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that tweet, you'd probably really, really not sure what to make of what Dan just said. But apparently, yeah, that's let, uh, let me be clear. That's a cure people are pushing on the internet. Cocaine yeah. and bleach. Don't do that. It'll it'll cure everything because you won't wake up. Yeah, you'll die, so you won't have to worry about it. So, yeah. How, how did that stuff even get started? <sighs> I don't know. Somebody replied to me that, like, I was, like, making jokes about it. And he's like, you know, this misinformation has actually led to people, uh, another story like this, to parents were feeding their kids bleach to cure them of autism. And I was uh, like, yeah, no way. And then he sent uh, me a link to a story about parents who were as part of some cult that, uh, said you could cure your kids by feeding them uh, bleach in uh, fruit juice, and it of course <laughs> burns out their insides and they die. So, good oh, job. My God. Be smarter than that, people. Yeah. Don't drink on. bleach for anything. It it's not it's not going to help you. No. no. If it look if it's not something that's already uh, in your life, something that you normally do, or something you know that's 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 been proven, 
Th- th- don't worry about it. Like all of a sudden, like window cleaner is gonna, you know, clear headaches. That's just, <laughs> it's just the stuff's not. Take the Tide Pod challenge, guys. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So we're out here trying to save all these lives, and we should just let natural selection take over, and 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 let some of these people just go on and and do these ridiculous things. I think. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Let, let's just uh, let's we'll say goodbye and. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can uh, comment and ask us questions. We can answer them on the podcast. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Draft Dudes. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.